Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to Audacity Works. This is episode six. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and the subject of today's episode is grief. This episode is real, and it comes with a trigger warning, and the trigger warning is for a loss of pregnancy, and if this is an issue that you are feeling some kind of way about, that is completely understandable, and maybe you shouldn't listen to this one. Maybe just skip it. And uh, if it is relevant to your life experience, maybe you should listen to it. Maybe it would make you feel less alone. But that is my trigger warning, and now we're going to get started. So the subject of today's episode is grief, and the reason that I'm bringing it up is because I'm in it, and the reason that I'm in it is because I've had the experience of an early loss um, very, very recently, like now. Um, it is the third time. I have experienced this. Um, This is a direct quote from the fantastic comedian, Eliza Schelsinger. I don't tell you this to garner your sympathy or to bring down the room. I tell you this because I have a microphone and we don't fucking talk about it. We never talk about it. In this culture, we just do not talk about it. It's like no one knows what to say about it because no one knows that it actually happens all the time all the time. Uh, And being, having been in the position three times now to make the phone calls and then unmake the phone calls, I couldn't help but notice like I have never been on the receiving end of these phone calls, but I know that it happens all the time. And it's usually only until after I have shared with someone what I've experienced that they will say, yes, that's happened to me too. It's just not spoken about. And I can understand why no one would want to speak about it because it fucking sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It just, it sucks, y'all. Um, it sucks. There's just no other way around that. And just a note, because I learned this early on, uh, this has been kind of an ongoing situation for the past few years for me. And I had never heard the term early loss before. It's always referred to as a miscarriage or um, the person carrying saying, I lost the baby when you didn't, like you didn't lose it. And we don't use the phrase like medical practitioners um, are opting to lean sharply away from the term miscarriage because it implies that it, uh, that something um, happened that was the fault of the person carrying the child and it's not the case in almost every instance. Uh, so that is why I use the term early loss and why it is uh, a more accessible and affirming way to talk about this situation. Now I won't go into the nitty gritty details of my experiences. I am writing about it, uh, from my own perspective, uh, in the usual TMI 
detail on the Patreon because that is where I share everything. But that's not what this is for um, because that's not what this episode is for. This episode is for how we process grief and how we live with grief um, when we mostly just wish that it would hurry up and have its way with us and then leave. Like, don't let the screen door hit you on the ass on the way about something like that. Um, but it won't. And uh, so the, the context of this episode, you now know, but grief comes in many forms. Um, there's lots of reasons to have grief, leaving, leaving a job, even by choice, that you've been in for a long time, something that really, really mattered to you. Um, making a career change. There can be grief surrounding that. Obviously losing a loved one. Uh, clearly, like grief. Grief comes in so many different flavors and for so many different reasons. And as far as I know from my brief 40-year life experience, it is a most unpredictable house guest. We never know how grief is going to affect us. It seems to always be a surprise. And that makes it um, very unwieldy when you have no idea and like no way to predict what is this going to be like. It's just sort of a stealing, like, oh, man, this isn't going to hurt. Yeah, it is. Uh, so whenever um, a student or a friend writes me, uh, and it's usually to, one, apologize, apologize for the fact that they're experiencing grief, like I've just uh, lost a friend unexpectedly, or I have to go to a funeral, and then that's usually followed by an apology, like I'm so sorry for how my loss inconveniences you, and it just melts my little black heart and the first things that uh, I say to them are you do not need to apologize you take whatever you need do whatever you need to do go ahead and give grief a seat at the head of the table because honey it's gonna take that seat anyway we may as well just welcome it in the door. Know that it's there for a reason. It's not a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. It's not something there to punish you or destroy you. It is a side effect of love. And if you have a life that you have built out of your love and out of your effort and out of your care, when it changes with or without your consent, grief will accompany that. Because grief walks hand in hand with love and care. So it's a good thing. And since it's going to just move its way on in and sit at the head of the table anyway, we may as well um, make it feel welcome and just accept the fact that it's there. And I've been thinking about this lately, uh, about how unpredictable grief is and how we never know how it's going to affect us. Um, Here's just a, a tiny story uh, to underscore a piece of advice that I have for you, which is to give yourself immense grace in a period of grief. Uh, one thing people, uh, we always wonder, I think, is like, okay, but like how long? How long do I get to feel 
grief um, before I just need to like pick up my bootstraps and go back to work and be productive and, you know, be sunny and engaging on social media and whatever, whatever it is that our daily life usually demands of us. We may not have the capacity to meet those demands and we're not really in charge of the timeline around that. And I think just accepting that and giving yourself grace around that is an, uh, an amazing act of radical self-compassion um, because we are not trained or educated on how to process and have grief, which is an extremely natural part of being a human living creature. So natural. Um, but we do not speak about it. And like, death is kind of a taboo subject, which is the most common thing, uh, harbinger of grief, I think, in the human experience. Not always, but often. Uh, so we have to learn together. And grace is something I would highly recommend you extend to yourself. Tiny story for you. Several years ago, my family lost unexpectedly um, one of our own, my uncle's partner to be specific, my sweet friend, uh, Matthew Rubel. And it was very unexpected and out of nowhere. He was young, he was 49. Uh, and experienced um, heart failure in the middle of uh, an exercise class that he really, really loved, um, that I had just attended with him two weeks prior to that. Oh, um, losing anyone uh, is the suck. Losing someone who we had every reason to expect we would get to continue sharing life with for the next um, 20, 30 years uh, is um, extra devastating just the the amount of shock and that was the first time I had lost someone who was in my daily life um, someone who I just shared daily life with and it was a big it was a lot different um, from any other losses that I had experienced yet so I didn't know what I was doing um, when do we ever um, I had a gig like a week after this happened and I didn't cancel the gig. I was working for someone else. Uh, this is in San Francisco. Like, well, you know, I mean, I didn't even consider it. I did not even consider it. I'm like, okay, well, I have to go to work and I'm a professional. I've been a professional for over a decade and I'm going to go to work and entertain people at this party. It was a atmospheric aerial silks, you know, not the most uh, emotionally demanding work uh, that an aerialist does. So I went to work. I had no business going to work, y'all. I, I didn't know this at the time. What I should have done was uh, to tell my boss, which I did not. I did not communicate to her what I was going through. If I had, she probably would have suggested that we find someone else, which wouldn't have been hard to do. But I didn't give her that opportunity. I just decided that I was a professional and I was going to go and do my job and I shouldn't have. And that is the one and only time I have ever gotten tangled in the silks in front of a live audience. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you if, if that happens to you, you know. Um, I was shocked by it. I didn't realize that I wasn't at my full capacity. I like, I didn't give myself the time or the consideration to even um, weigh in on it. 
I was like, well, of course I can do this work. I know exactly how to do this work. And I did, but my capacity was diminished because I was in grief and shock. Uh, And I realized that after the fact, of course, and, you know, my boss wasn't pleased. And did I explain? No, I did not. I did not explain. And I should have, but... uh, you know, hindsight, 2020 and all of that. So that's just like a tiny story to encourage you to give yourself grace. Like cancel your obligations for a while. Like it, how long, you know what? I can't possibly tell you how long, but it had only been a few days for me at that point. And I went straight from that gig to his memorial service and cried off all my showgirl makeup in the arms of his friends. And honestly, I had no business going to that gig. Uh, That's the message here. And I've been considering lately, like, uh, the different ways that grief um, uh, affects us each time we feel it. And, like, maybe we let grief guide us and tell us what it needs. But I don't think that that's necessarily um, the message that I want to say because... Um, like for my second early loss, for example, um, the thing that I ended up doing was I took a week to myself um, and I went like two hours south of here and I got a little Airbnb right on the ocean. I had actually already planned this. It was supposed to be like a writer's retreat and I still used it as such. I went by myself stayed for that week, and I wrote for hours every day, which is what I intended to do. What I did not realize was that that was exactly what my grief needed me to do. But was it my grief or was it um, my healing life force? I was like, this is what I need. This is what I need. And there have been times where I was in grief and the thing that I felt most compelled to do was to hobbit hole myself up, become a little golemy creature, uh, watch all of Game of Thrones end to end, um, fall asleep on the couch, then move to the bed around 3 a.m. and do that for several weeks in a row. And this time that's not at all what I want to do. And like, is this me letting my grief lead me? Or is this my, my life force, which is trying to heal leading me and that's what feels more accurate to me because this time for example I know that I have experienced those other things I know I've experienced going away and being all by myself by the ocean I know that I've experienced holing up in a little golem cave and not really talking to anyone and just zoning out watching tv and those were all valid and they were helpful I'm glad I did them I don't regret anything about it uh however this time I don't feel that that's what I need. I I feel compelled to um, go to the Ren Fair <laughs> next weekend and celebrate my husband's 40th birthday. It just feels like that's what the healing life force is calling for. It's that's what it needs this time, and that's what um, that's what I'm going to give it and to give myself. So something else that I think is really common experience when someone is in grief, but that we never mention is how self-conscious we can become about 
how others perceive our grief and how we're expected to behave. For example, you may have a reason to grieve and you may be open about that with your people. And uh, if you if you enjoy engaging in social media, you may be open with that on social media and other platforms and say, this is what's going on in my life. I'm in a period of grief. And then like, you know, days pass, maybe a week or two or so. And you take like a cute picture that's like funny and you feel like I can't post this because I'm supposed to be unhappy. Y'all, come on. What is that about? What is that about? Like, post the cute picture. Like, do not, do not consider what anyone else thinks or expects or what someone might be projecting onto you because, like, honestly, is anyone going to say something to you? Like, oh, guess you got over that quickly. Ha ha, must not hurt very much. Uh, no. Um, no. Uh, it's extremely unlikely that that is going to happen, which means we're just making this up in our head. These are just stories that we're telling us largely in our own heads about like how others are perceiving our grief and expecting us to behave in response to it. And in living with grief and processing it and just sort of walking through life with it, you never know. Like some days you wake up and you're like, I rested well. I feel good. I feel like I want to wash my hair and put on real pants and go out into the world and I want to buy a cheese grater and like go and do that thing but don't add three other things onto that list because you never know um, when the juice is gonna run out and when the juice runs out for the day you should honor that and you should go back home and you should rest and you should do things that bring you joy and uh, refill your cup. And there's that grief is a big cup emptier. Um, it just pours out the cup and therefore refilling it takes a lot longer and you need more of it. And that's okay. It doesn't make you bad at your job. It doesn't make you a bad friend. It doesn't make you a bad partner. Like, you just have to take what you need to get your healing. And it is not going to respond on any kind of timeline that seems reasonable to us. Super inconvenient if you're self-employed. You're like, I got to get back on the horse. <laughs> do you? I mean, yeah, we do. Eventually, we do. Um, but how, how do we quantify that timeline? We don't, because we don't get to decide. Um, we have to let it be what it is, give ourselves grace, let it come, let it go, let it be what it is. As when you're going through a period of grief or you're just having a hard time in general, um, maybe a depressive episode or something, like it is time to bring out the tambourine for the smallest of victories. Like, put on pants, you know what? In those times, sometimes that is a huge um, victory and it should be celebrated and you shouldn't uh, judge yourself for it and be like, whatever, it's pants. People put on pants every day. Do they? Yeah, sure they do. But do they do it without like a heart in their body? The consumption of every meal is a victory. Like, good for you. You've, you've, you ate. 
awesome because, uh, you know, loss of appetite is a big side effect of grief or depression or just having a hard time in general. So instead of judging ourselves, we're like, this is a simple human function that everyone does. It doesn't matter. This is not normal life. So you cannot hold yourself to a normal standard of behavior and output. It's never going to work. It's just going to send you into a completely unnecessary spiral of self-loathing. The last thing you need right now and in these times is to is to be self-flagellating about what you're not doing. It's not normal life. It's not normal life. You are not going to behave normally. Life is not going to operate normally. Your capacity is not going to be normal. And that is just something that we need to give ourselves grace about and understand that, that this is this is natural. There is a time for picking yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, and there is a time to know uh, that you can do better. Um, this is not that time. Being in active grief is not the time to do, you know, the American thing and just bury it and be like, I can do better than this. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's a time for that. This isn't it. So my advice to you, if you are in active grief, um, or if you become so in the future, is that uh, you must give yourself, excuse me, an astounding amount of grace. It takes great courage to do this. It's much easier to ignore it. Please don't. uh, Talk about it. Tell your friends what's happening in your life. Um, Say it. Say it out loud. Um, Go to therapy. I'm a big, big fan of therapy. Uh, If you have a good therapist, you know, talk about your situation and seek out healing uh, from whatever sounds good to you. And I will note that while like sitting with a friend and sharing a glass of wine uh, is super healing, it's mostly because of the friend. Real healing isn't at the bottom of a bottle. And trust me on this, because I looked there already. Uh, So just in case you're wondering, that's not where you're going to find it. The best medicine, or some of the best medicine that I've ever found is in, uh, stop me if you've heard it before, exercise. Oh my God. Uh, Super good. Super good for working through that stuff. You can engage with your creative practice Um, There is um, a participant of the Audacity Project in my current cycle, absolutely wonderful woman named Susanna, who is uh, studying to be a grief counselor. And that's what uh, she's doing during the Audacity Project. So this has all been very, very timely. And uh, she works through a program that I'm going to completely butcher the name of. I'm so sorry. Verges mein Nie uh, it is in Germany. She is German. And it means forget me not and uses creativity uh, as, uh, uh, you know, in coping exercises and mechanisms through ritual and cr- the creation of memory objects. And I asked her to share with me, like, what? Can you say some more about what a memory object is? 
Uh, and she gave me this one, which is an example by the creator of that program that she's been studying with. Um, her name is Anemonezium. I am so sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. Uh, but that quote is, a good memory object will make you have happy memories of the person you lost. A bad memory object will remind you of the tough times, uh, for example, illness. Um, example of this, a woman kept her mom's sweater because when she smelled it, she had happy memories of her mom, but she didn't like to wear it. It was not her color or her shape, so it just lay there, and that made her sad. Her grief counselor had the idea to unravel the sweater and knit it into a scarf. This way she could wear it and also just like cuddle it on the couch, no, young, no longer useless and feel connected to her mom and smelling her scent. And I just thought that was a really beautiful way of taking something and making it into something else as a memory object, uh, as a way to cope if you're in active grief. So uh, as a last note, um, that, which is really specific to my situation and the loss of pregnancy, if you have a friend or you know someone who is going through this, I will give you some advice uh, on what not to say. Um, it would be very appreciated. Um, this is my opinion, of course, but don't jump into stories of how your uncle's brother's partner's uh, ex-girlfriend had five uh, pregnancy losses, and now she has 13 healthy children. Can you just, um, can we just stop doing that? Please, it's not helpful. Uh, so just, just say sorry, and you know, is there anything you can do? And with that, uh, if you've made it this far, I want to thank you for your time and for listening. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, I know that there's lots and lots of things to listen to, and you chose to listen to this, and that means a great deal to me. And I don't take it for granted. Uh, share it if you think that somebody could use it. And may we give ourselves and each other all of the grace. Um, I am happy to hear your thoughts. You can reach me on the grams at Rachel Strickland Creative. Uh, if you absolutely love the podcast and you want to give me a big thank you, you can support me on Patreon. Um, and there is a link to that in the show notes. And just thank you for being here. Go in grace and don't go back to sleep. <laughs>